the Holy Gospel, according to St. Luke, the fourth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. And Jesus began to say to all in the synagogue in Nazareth, Today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. They said, Is this not Joseph's son? He said to them, Doubtless you will quote to me this proverb, Doctor, cure yourself. And you will say, Do here also in your hometown the things that we have heard you did at Capernaum. And he said, Truly I tell you, no prophet is accepted in the prophet's hometown. But the truth is, there were many widows in Israel at the time of Elijah, when the heaven was shut for three years and six months, and there was a severe famine over all the land. Yet Elijah was sent to none of them, except to a widow at Zarephath in Sidon. There were also many lepers in Israel at the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman, the Syrian. When they heard this, all in the synagogue were filled with rage. They got up, drove him out of the town, and led him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built so that they might hurl him off the cliff. But he passed through the midst of them, and went on his way. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated, and the children may come forward for a children's sermon. There's a lot of you today, aren't there? That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Thanks for being here. How are you this morning? That's good. Yeah. I've got a question for you. I've got a question for you. Have you ever been jealous? Sometimes. Sometimes. For those of you who might just be understanding what jealousy is, jealous is when you really, really, really want something of another person. But your mother says no. Well, it could be yes, could be no, but it's really, really, really want something. Have you ever been jealous? Let's see a show of hands. Yes, if you've been jealous. Sometimes. No, if you've been jealous. Don't know if you've been jealous. All right. Good enough. Sometimes I am. Can someone give me an example of when they were jealous before? Once going twice. Jealous of your dog. Sometimes I'm jealous of my dog too. They have such a good life, don't they? Let me tell you about this time when I was jealous. Let me tell you about a time. My uh, my mom, when we were growing up, had this like stuffed goose, right? <laughs> 
And so it was, it was white and it was stuffed and it looked like a goose. I think it had clothes. I don't know. Like it wore clothes from time to time. You might have seen a decoration like this. She had a stuffed goose. And my brothers and I would take turns playing with it. Most of the time it just kind of like we'd hop it across the couch like it was walking or we'd drag it along with us throughout the house. Something like that. Well, one day, one of my brothers was playing with this goose, and I also wanted the goose. What do you think happened? I became jealous. That's right. I really wanted this goose. And so I did something that I probably would not want any of you to do, which is I took a hold of one end of the goose, and my brother took a hand of the other end of the goose, and we just pulled in opposite directions. We did. We got in trouble. We got in big trouble. And we got yelled at and all that kind of good stuff. And the rest of the day was not my favorite day, if you know what I mean. Jealousy, jealousy causes us to do stuff that we probably wouldn't do, doesn't it? When we, when we think of jealousy, I want you to think of being really, really concerned about just what's happening to you. Just what's happening to you. I wanted the goose, I grabbed the goose, I pulled. That was all about me. But what I could have done was I could have thought, well, my brother wants the goose too. So I'll let him play with the goose. I'll play with anything else that's in this house and I'll just wait for my turn. That could have worked too, right? But I was jealous, and jealousy had me doing the things I did not want to do. In today's story, in the story I just read about Jesus, Jesus is speaking with his hometown, and everybody's happy. Everybody's thrilled, actually. But then Jesus tells two stories about God helping people that weren't the Israelites. So in other words, they weren't from the same town. They weren't from the same country. They weren't from the same faith that the Israelites were. And they got jealous. They wanted God to give thanks to them, but they weren't happy when God gave good thanks to other people. And they got really, really jealous. And it caused them to do things that aren't good. They were going to throw Jesus off a cliff. That's a bad thing. Yeah. When we only think about ourselves, we start doing things that don't look good. When we think about ourselves and other people, we start doing things that look a little more like Jesus, don't we? So I want you to think of two things this week. Whenever you find inside yourself you really, 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 really wanting something that somebody else has, I want you to think first but I should think of the other person too. This other person has something and they probably like it, so I should do whatever I can to help them have that thing. Or at least be patient and wait my turn. First, I want you to think of that. Second, I want you to know that even though God loves everyone else, and God does, God loves everyone else, God loves the ones that have things that you don't have, God loves the ones that don't have the things that you do have. God loves everyone else, but especially, and this is important, God loves you too. God can love all the people in the world and still have all of the love in the world for you. And that's true. 
So, when you're jealous, I want you to think of making sure you're thinking of another person. And once you're doing that, I want you to remember that God loves you and loves you immensely. Can you do those two things? Well, try. Should we pray? Let us pray. God of grace, God of love, you've given us good things. And you give good things to other people too. We ask that when we see those good things with other people, we might be happy for them. That we might help them keep those good things and celebrate those good things and not only try to take it for ourselves. Let us know that those people are loved, that all people are loved. And help us to have people that tell us that we're loved too. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Now here we usually pack out, pass out some snacks so everybody can take one. One. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, here in a little bit. In the name of Jesus, Amen. Amen. This text takes a real sharp turn, doesn't it? Real sharp. You see, this text is the continuation of the text we read last week, and if you weren't here last week, that's fine, because it kind of tells you the mood already. Jesus was returning to his hometown after doing a lot of signs and miracles, and as he returned, the people were very excited. Here's one of their own, boy makes good, coming back home, and they're having a party. And they're in the synagogue on the day of their worship on Saturday, and they decide that Jesus is going to read. Jesus reads from the scroll of Isaiah, sits down again, says, this is being fulfilled as you hear it, and all are amazed and thrilled with what he is doing. That's where the text picks up, doesn't it? Everyone's happy. Everyone's good. And then Jesus tells two stories that are a part of our scripture, and all of a sudden people are really not happy and really not okay. Jesus tells two stories, one about the widow at Zarephath in Sidon, and the second about Naaman, the Syrian. Now, if you're not real familiar with ancient geography, let me share with you that both of those were not Israel. Israel was the nation of the Jews. Israel was the nation of the people of God. Israel was the nation of the chosen ones, the ones that God was in communion with, the ones that God had selected and were descendants of Abraham. Israel is the important nation. Syria, not the important nation, and 
not worshiping God. Sidon, not the important region, and not worshiping God. So Jesus tells two stories about people who are not of the same faith and not of the same nationality. And these make people angry. Because these stories point out what God is doing. There was a period in time, in the time of Elijah, where there was no rain and there was a famine for three years and six months. Now it's hard when we don't get rain for like five months. This was three years, six months. This is a severe famine. And Elijah was sent to no one except for this widow in Zarephath. The not Israelite, the not from here, was given food. Miraculously given food during the midst of that famine and not any of the Israelites. That's the story. It's in our scripture. And the second is like it. Naaman was a leper. And in a time of great illness throughout the land, none of the Israelites were cleansed. But there was one person who the prophet of the Lord was sent to, Elijah, Elisha was sent to, and this was Naaman, the not-Israelite, the not-from-around-here, the Syrian. And folks were angry. And not really a, I don't like what you say, so I'm going to leave kind of angry. This is more of a, I don't like what you say, so I'm going to take you, find the tallest thing around here, and throw you off of it angry. This was not a difference of opinion. This could very well be described as treasonous. You're not proclaiming what is good for one nation, your nation. You're not proclaiming God taking care of God's people. He is proclaiming the sacred and holy texts of our scriptures. This is tough. And this is difficult. For me to hear too. Because I don't have ancestry that I know of that makes me a part of the Jewish faith. And I don't have ancestry that I know of that makes me an Israelite. Some of us might. Some of us might not. I believe in Christ. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, male or female, slave or free, just like Galatians says. But I do believe that there's something here that uncovers a part of ourselves. Because it's telling what makes the people around Jesus upset, isn't it? When Jesus was doing all these good deeds in Capernaum, in other places, in other towns, people were thrilled. When Jesus comes home and reads from the book of Isaiah, people are thrilled. When Jesus brings up two stories where God is blessing people outside of the nation and outside of the faith, people are not thrilled. It's telling what makes us angry. I don't know about you, 
but I struggle with it too. What does it mean for God to bless people outside of the faith? And what does it mean for God to bless people outside of the chosen group? And what does it mean for God to bless people outside of this as our group is also suffering and as our people are also crying out? What does that mean? It's telling what makes us angry. It's also telling what is important to God. You see, in both of these stories, these people were the most outcast in the area. The widow at Zarephath had no other family, just a child. That would be a socially outcast position. And the widow at Zarephath had no other nationality. They were being taken over at the time. They didn't have a fellow countryman like the Israelites. The widow at Zarephath had nothing. She was doubly, triply, quadruply. Not in a good position. The same with Naaman. Naaman, the Syrian, was alone in his leprosy. He would have been cast out because of that, but he was alone in his nationality. He would not be welcome in the same way the Israelites were welcome in the temple to have prayers and to have petitions raised up for them, to have sacrifices on behalf of them. They would not, he would not be welcomed. God went specifically to the ones who were the most in need Now, this does not mean that God will never provide for God's people. The scriptures are full of God providing for God's people. The scriptures are full of people being fed by God when they're hungry. The scriptures are full of people being cleansed by God when they are ill. The scriptures are full of this. But far be it from God, says Christ Jesus, to leave anyone out of this blessing. There are people outside of my people that need help. Christ shows us that God will go to them. There are people outside of this faith that need help. Christ shows us that God goes to them. There are people outside of us, outside of whatever boundary we might have. Christ goes to them. This text has been around a lot longer than any issue we might have right now. Any issue one country might have, any issue one people might have, any issue one faith might have. So as I'm talking about nationalities and as I'm talking about people of different faith, it's easy to draw only conclusions of our current time and period. The scripture speaks to our time, and it speaks to every time. This scripture does not mean to turn your back on the ones around you. This scripture does mean to not turn your back on the ones far from you. To not forsake the ones that are different. To not forsake the ones who have need. To not forsake the foreigner 
to not forsake the alien, to not forsake the one of a different faith. These two have been served by our God, and these two are the ones that we are to be in service to. But you know this. You've known this since you were small. You've known that God loves everybody, and you've known that God serves everybody. We've always known this. It just gets hard. It gets hard to imagine how everyone's going to be fed. It gets hard to imagine how everyone's going to be healed. It gets hard to imagine how this is going to happen. That's why Christ comes to us again and again, telling us these stories. They already had these stories in front of them, and they forgot them too. If we call ourselves Christians, if we claim that to be our identity, then the only thing that matters, the central thing that matters, is who Jesus serves, and who Jesus loves, and where Jesus is going. It might be to our hometown. And it might be to a different place. But we know that Christ will bring love and healing and wholeness. This week, if you see anything in this world where there's tension over who should be blessed and who shouldn't, I want you to think of this text. If there's tension over who should be loved and who shouldn't, who should be fed and who shouldn't, who should be cared for and who shouldn't, think of this text. It is not easy. It is not difficult. But as people who are called into lives of service for our neighbors, this is our core. And like I said for the children's sermon, I'll say here too. God can love the whole wide world. God does love the whole wide world and feeds the whole world and clothes the whole world and brings mercy to the whole world and it does not detract from you. You are loved too. You are fed too. You are blessed too. In a very tough text, God be with you. In a very tough calling, God be with you. In grace and mercy for yourself and for all people, God be with you. Amen.